welcome back to another episode of In the Labyrinth of Death. I'm Finn. And I'm Marina. This week, we're talking about elevator accidents. I'm not claustrophobic or overly worried about elevators even. And normally, after I research a topic, I'm way less scared of it because I know the numbers and I know what I'm supposed to do if something bad does happen. But weirdly, with elevators, there's just so much that can go wrong and randomly that I think I'm actually more scared of them now than I was before, if that makes any sense. Before we get into it, remember, we're not experts at all of any kind. We just really don't want to die, and we like researching and talking about it. Please listen to the full disclaimer at the end of the episode, and don't sue us, we're just two regular people. The story I'm opening with today is the story of Betty Lou Oliver and the 1945 Empire State Building B-25 crash. This is kind of a disaster in two parts, the first being the B-25 crash into the Empire State Building, and the second being Betty Lou's fall into the elevator. I'll go into both. It was a foggy July morning over Manhattan in 1945. A B-25 Mitchell bomber was carrying personnel from Bedford Army Field in Massachusetts to Newark. The pilot, Lieutenant Colonel William F. Smith Jr., was informed by ground control that the landing would be difficult because the fog made the visibility near zero. So Lieutenant Colonel Smith decided to proceed with the descent anyway, but the fog was so disorienting to him that he turned right rather than left when he saw the Chrysler building. And so, at 9.40 a.m., the B-25 plane crashed into the Empire State Building between the 78th and 80th floors. It was a huge fucking disaster. There was fire, bits of the plane were thrown down an elevator shaft, a whole other engine fell on a penthouse nearby and caught that on fire. But somehow, despite the height and the fact that it was 1945, it only took the firefighters 40 minutes to put the fire out. And sadly, all three crew members on the B-25 were killed, and 11 people who were in the Empire State Building at the time were also killed. But this brings us back to Betty Lou, who was working as an elevator operator on the 80th floor at the time. And it was, I read somewhere, it was literally her last day on the job, which just fucking sucks. She was thrown from her elevator and severely burned in the crash, but she was rescued by the emergency responders. But because she's like 80 fucking floors up, in order to get her to the hospital, she had to be put in another elevator to take her down to the ground floor. Now, the shitty part here is that the elevator that she was put on had actually been damaged when part of an engine from the crash cut through the elevator cables as it fell down the elevator shaft. And so, as Betty Lou began descending in the elevator, the cables snapped and then she plummeted 75 fucking floors. Okay, how old is this lady again? She's actually 20. She's a newlywed 20-year-old. She's 20. Okay. How long do you think was she falling for? You can probably calculate it if you knew what the height of each floor was. You know how tall the Empire State Building is. You know how... That's an easily figureoutable fact, right, with physics? I don't know. I'm sure it wouldn't take that long to fall 75 floors, though. So what happened when she landed? Like, did she basically hit the ground and then rebound? Or what happens when you're inside, like, a fucking metal box and then you well, are killed? weirdly, I'll tell you. In most cases, falling 75 floors would be a death sentence, right? Yes. Obviously. She didn't die. What? Her elevator? Supposedly, I don't understand the physics of this, something happened, and supposedly it was the air underneath the elevator that slowed her down the way it was kind of like trapped. I don't fully understand that. Somehow, she was slowed down, so she survived the impact. But she has some serious injuries. She, like, she broke her neck, she broke her back, she broke her pelvis. But she survived the whole fucking thing, the burns falling 75 floors, 
She lived another 55 years. She had three children and seven grandchildren by the wow. time she died. Fucking crazy. I mean, it was her last day of work, too. Like, of all the shitty luck, right? It's your last day there. And you get burned when a plane hits your building. Then you fall 75, flo- like, fucking stories. And then you survive at the end of it. It's just crazy. Now, I actually was thinking about this. Remember, she was burned severely, right? right. And she's put on this elevator by paramedics. So I don't know if this is true. But my theory is, is that not only was she buoyed up by the air or whatever physics thing happened, I don't understand, but she was probably on a stretcher, right? So she was laying flat on her back. And what the experts say that I'll talk about later is that if you are on an elevator that's plummeting, it's best to lay on your back because the forces are going to hit perpendicular to your spine instead of like compressing you. So if she's slowed down by the air and she's already in the right position, then that probably increased her odds of not being injured versus like standing up in the elevator and having it fall 75 stories. Okay, so if you're able to have some kind of cushion and then basically lay down is what I'm hearing. They are, yeah, they do say to lay down. Of course, there are circumstances where that wouldn't save you. It's one of those things where like it just depends because they're all fucking random. And we'll talk about it later, but the general consensus is that laying down is actually the safest thing you can do to preserve the most of your body that you possibly can. How does that compare to being in like a fetal position? No, because of damage to your spine and stuff. They fully recommend laying on your back. And I'll talk about the physics of that more a little bit later. Wait, on but your back? Laying on your back. Yeah. Okay. So like, imagine just laying in your bed flat on your back. That's, and that's the position she was probably on, the gurney in, oh, right? Oh, okay. That makes sense. But crazy thing, it's actually, uh, I think is the highest fire. There's two records for this day happening. It was the highest fire that was put out successfully by firefighters ever because it was like 80 stories up. And the second one is she is the person who has fallen the farthest in an elevator accident and survived. Well, how can you beat that? It's the Empire fucking State Building. There's only so many taller buildings nowadays. Isn't it crazy, though? All that to say, though, crazy things do happen. But in general, elevators are safe, especially nowadays. So there's a few things that prevent elevators from falling, particularly in traction elevators. So traction elevators are the kind of elevator that you think about. So think about like Die Hard, that kind of movie where they're like crawling around inside and there's like all the cables and pulleys and weights and stuff. That's called a traction elevator. So each of those elevator cars in a traction elevator system, they have four to eight cables each. And that should make you feel really safe because normally each of those cables is rated to carry enough weight that one cable could hold the whole elevator car by itself. So they're super fucking safe. And if the elevators are going too fast, there are automatic safety systems that are actually going to turn the brakes on. Basically, at each floor, it like monitors the fact that the elevator passed it. So if it starts going too fast, it'll basically shut the whole thing down. It'll just stop moving. So if something catastrophic happens and you like lost all of your cables or whatever, it would still stop the elevator. So chances are you're not going to be killed in one. The other big kind of elevator is called a hydraulic elevator. They're a lot less common and they can't be installed on anything that's higher than like six floors-ish. So it uses the same kind of hydraulics that they use to like raise cars. So when you take your car to the shop, they drive them onto the thing and kind of like they push the button and it raises the car up so they can see underneath. That's a hydraulic elevator kind of system. They're very, very safe. They almost never fail. But the one danger with them is that they don't have the same kind of like safety measures that a traction elevator does just because they're set up differently, where if the hydraulics falls, it's not good. Apparently, you can buy some kind of aftermarket brakes to install with them as well, but they often don't. But it's extremely unlikely that they're going to fail anyway. So either way, 
chances are you walk onto an elevator, you're going to be safe. That being said, there are several cases and several weird cases I'm going to get into where shit just goes wrong with elevators. So one place where elevators can go really, really wrong are construction sites. Because if you think about it, chances are they're not fully enclosed yet. They may not have been inspected yet. And if you look, there's like a Wikipedia list of notable elevator accidents. And I just eyeballed it. There's too many items to count. But just looking at it, it looks like a little under half of all of these notable accidents are actually related to construction. And one recent one in like 2012, an elevator fell 100 meters and killed all 19 people on board. And it happens a lot, like a lot more than you'd expect, including in like, quote unquote, first world countries, like construction accidents happen and apparently construction elevator accidents happen. So that is a real risk. The other big category that I found really interesting and hadn't thought about until I started researching this was mineshaft elevator accidents. So basically the other half of that Wikipedia list was mineshaft accidents, and there were a lot of fatalities involved with them. And also, you're going to fall an insane distance in an elevator, an elevator shaft, <laughs> in a mine shaft. In one case in 1938 in Ontario, an elevator fell 800 feet down a gold mine, killing four people and injuring three. Now I just did the math, and that's 250 feet less than Betty Lou fell, but it's a mine shaft, and I don't actually know how it's possible to survive in that kind of a scenario. It's possible they weren't in free fall, they were falling quickly, but not like full free fall. I'm not actually sure. I looked for several minutes and I didn't actually find much about this disaster, probably because it was from so long ago. But if you happen to be an elevator or mine or Ontario historian and you know more, please let us know because I'm super curious how three people survived falling 800 feet in a mine shaft. The other big one is the Val Reefs tragedy of 1995, which is actually the worst elevator disaster ever recorded. And it was also a mine elevator, but this one was a total freak accident. It happened at this really big gold mine in South Africa, and the mine apparently used to use like locomotives beneath the earth in the tunnels because it was just so big, like full-on trains apparently. And when I picture these locomotives, I'm picturing like those old-timey carts in Scooby-Doo that are like made of wood, and they go like, wiki, 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 when you like push on the things, but I, obviously it was more modern because it was 1995. But anyway, deep, deep beneath the earth at level 56, which was apparently 5,000 499 feet beneath the surface of the earth, which is like insanely deep, a locomotive fell into the elevator shaft. So like a huge fucking shaft, a fucking train car basically, falls into the shaft and ends up colliding with the elevator that was in the shaft. And unfortunately, the elevator had a bunch of people in it. And that elevator then fell another 1,510 feet, I guess, to the bottom, killing all 104 passengers on impact. Let's say that you're part of the first response team for an elevator that fell from like the Empire State Building, right? You basically just go to the floor of where the elevator stopped and you pick up the bodies, right? Now, in a mine shaft, you go into the earth to retrieve bodies if you end up doing that. Do they actually get 104 bodies out of the bottom of that shaft? I don't know. I would assume so because it was a really big fucking deal. They actually like overhauled all the safety standards and stuff for mines after this happened because it was so catastrophic. But we should do an episode on mines specifically because it's like a whole different world that I actually don't fully understand. Like my guess is they can't send down regular first responders, right? I would assume. 
it have to be people who are specifically probably working for the mining company who are trained? I don't know, but I think we should look into it. I'm just not sure because it really is like a whole different ecosystem down there. Yeah, it never even occurred to me because it's almost the exact same scenario as people who climb Everest and die on the slopes of Everest. You can't get their fucking bodies. They're just literally like entombed in the ice and snow there. Well, yeah, but you that's it's easier to go down into the mine because clearly they were already going down there to get the gold. There must be a way to get the gold out. I don't know if that's true, though. Like people leave bodies on Everest all the time. But we're not mining gold on Everest. If we could get gold down from Everest, we could get a body down. The fact that they're mining deep in the earth to get the gold means that humans must be going down there, extricating the gold, putting the gold on a little conveyor belt that goes up to the surface, and then the humans themselves come back up. Right. What I'm positing is that for body retrieval, it should be about as difficult as getting bodies off of a mountain. Oh, I'm sure it's not easy. I bet it's even worse if it's like a mine collapse, which is not what we're talking about this episode. But now I'm really interested and I really want to do an episode on this because I don't know anything about it. There's also a bunch of other freak accidents involving elevators. I'm going to share just a few to show the variety of shit that can go wrong in like a regular fucking elevator like you or me would get into. In 2003, in a hospital in Texas, there was faulty wiring in an elevator that caused the doors to suddenly close. Like, I don't know where they just closed. And a resident's head actually got stuck in the doors and he was decapitated above the jaw as the elevator went up. Because it basically just, he's probably walking in or walking out, I'm not sure, but just fucking closed on his head and cut his head basically in half and he died at the hospital. What the fuck? Did you ever see Resident Evil, that old Resident Evil? Wait, I thought Resident Evil was a game. It is a game, but they made some movies off of it like a decade ago. No, although I think I had a friend who was weirdly obsessed with them. I didn't see any of them. I might be wrong, but I think there was a scene in there where somebody does get caught in an elevator. And I don't know if it was their head or if they were like cut in half at the waist, but that reminded me of that scene. I also just watched Final Destination 2. And in Final Destination 2, a woman gets stuck in an elevator basically the same way and she gets decapitated. But it's crazy that this actually happened in real life, though. Yeah, and it was just a guy going about his fucking life. I mean, he's a resident. He's probably not even like, look, fucking looking at the elevator, because why would he be? Something goes wrong with the wiring, and that's it. It makes sense if you're leaving the elevator, because some people walk with like a forward lean, so your head is naturally ahead of your like. And he could have been looking at a clipboard. Like You, you don't right. know the circumstances, right? He's a, he's a resident at the hospital, so he's probably distracted. He's looking at something. And it just, it's suddenly closed down. There's probably nothing anybody could have done. Now, did the elevator drop quickly or was it like slow? No, it ascended. Was it fast? No, the elevator was normal speed, I think. What? That is awful. My understanding was a very short blurb that I read about it. But my understanding is the part specifically that malfunctioned was the doors. And so I would assume the rest of the elevator was functioning. Holy shit. Yeah, it's, it's a really, really awful way to go. So that's like, I'm going to read a few more of these, but like, that's just to say that like, even in a place you have a beyond reasonable expectation of safety, a fucking like hospital in Texas as a resident doctor, every expectation that you should be safe getting on and off of elevators, fucking weird shit happens. I used to think that the worst possible way to die would be to go feet first into a wood chipper. This might be a close second. 
Yeah, I think I could will myself out of existence with the witch. You might go into shock or something. No, you're feeling it the whole time. You think? You're going to feel it from the feet to the ankles to your waist. Like you're awake the whole time. Well, we should do an episode on wood chippers. I'm saying this is a close second because your head's fucking caught and it's not even fast. Like you can feel your body, like your waist and your feet are going to go above your head. there's nothing he could do about it. Right? There's, like there's it's nothing, not fast. You're literally trapped. And, and there's nothing he could do. It's just, if he hadn't been there at that moment, the doors would have just shut and nothing would have happened. Right? It's just bad fucking luck. Or it could have been the reverse. It could have been like feet first and he would have just lost like a leg or something. Yeah. Like and worse. then he'd be fine. If, and it wouldn't matter. Yeah. It's just terrible fucking luck, dude. It's awful. There was another horrible case in 2020 in Israel, and a couple drowned in an elevator during heavy rains. Were they below ground? I don't know. So again, these are, these are all like really short blurbs, because there's tons of elevator accidents that happen. And this one was recent in 2020. I'm sure you could find the article. But my guess is they were underground or they were low down. And maybe the rain, the flood caused electrical issues and the elevator stopped working. What country was this in? It was in Israel. Israel, okay. Yeah. And they drowned in the elevator, which is like, can you imagine being in like a cube that's filling up with water that you can't get out of? It was probably, if the elevator doors weren't opening, the lights probably weren't on either. Yeah, that wasn't a fast death. That no. was slow. That's fucking crazy. Like, I would have guessed that a lot of these elevator deaths were fast because like, it just falls and you die in impact. These have been like slow, excruciating deaths. There, are, of course, are falling deaths, right. but a lot of them are really horrible. Like, they're really awful ways to die. Like, falling to your death is obviously horrific, but hopefully you die quickly, right. right? You don't suffer that much. These are awful. Like, it's just a terrible way to die. Imagine being in an elevator with your significant other as it slowly fills up with water and you drown and there's nothing you can do. Like, good God. There's also way more crushing deaths than you'd expect. It normally happens when you're entering or exiting the elevator and it suddenly ascends or descends. For example, in 2020, a lecturer died in Boston when she was crossing into an elevator that suddenly ascended. So imagine you're like on the threshold of the elevator. Something goes wrong and it shoots up or it shoots down. Isn't that what happened to the guy that got decapitated? But his head was stuck. This is your whole body. This is like you're on that threshold and it just fucking like smashes you either up or down. So it's the same thing, except in his case, it was just his head. The this doors were, body. Yeah, yeah, for him, he was trapped with the doors closed. Right. So that's why with the, the trapping, that's how you got the decapitation. Most of these other ones, it's just a crush event. Oh, so with the doors being open still. Yep. So these oh, are open doors. Oh man, that is crazy. Yeah. So I'm, again, I've never been neurotic about elevators before ever, except like taking the dogs on and off of the elevator because you have to be careful with that. But after reading these, like, the sudden ascent, decent ones, like the door failures, they're recent. They're in like countries that any of us would go visit. Like it's a thing that could happen to any of us. And most of them are like sudden weird mechanical failures. Like some shit just goes wrong. There's enough elevators in the world, enough random shit happening that someone somewhere is going to get fucked by a random thing breaking. I have one last one. I was looking at ones where it's like, you see a ton of them on the internet where like, the elevator door opens and someone walks into the void because they're not paying attention and they don't realize that the elevator is there. There's tons of them. They're all over the place. And I actually found one in 2016 in Brooklyn that's really awful. A mother was pushing her six-week-old baby in a stroller in their apartment building. 
she's pushing the stroller. She's probably looking at the stroller. She's not really, you know, she's just trying to get out of the building with her kid. The elevator doors open and she pushes the stroller into the elevator. Only the elevator car wasn't there because the elevator had been having issues. There's maintenance issues in the whole building. And the elevator was actually stuck eight floors below. And the doors opened on their floor. And she pushed the stroller into what she thought was the elevator. Reasonable expectation, right? And the stroller rolled into nothing. I'm assuming she lost grip on it because it suddenly plummeted. And her six-week-old baby girl fell eight stories onto the top of the elevator. And she was declared dead on arrival at the hospital. Holy shit. Of all the bad fucking luck, right? Because not only did the elevator get stuck. The doors erroneously opened, and you happen to have been walking to the elevator at that point in time, right? Like, it's just all of these coincidences that have to happen in order for this person to die this moment in time, and it just fucking sucks because she didn't do anything wrong. She was taking her kid out for a walk in the stroller, right? Like, any normal fucking human would, and you expect the elevator to be there because why wouldn't it be? Because it's 2016 in New York. Like, you expect the elevator to be there. And it's just not, I'm sure her brain didn't even comprehend what happened, right? Because how could you? And the problem with this one in 2016 in Brooklyn is apparently they had been lodging, the residents had been lodging complaints specifically about the elevator for a long time. There was like literally dozens of individuals complaining about it and they were not fixing it. So this, a lot of these are freak accidents. This is obviously a freak event, but I would not say that as a freak accident because this one could have been prevented with proper maintenance. Like this kid did not have to die if they had properly maintained those elevators. Did it say whether this was an old apartment building or not? I'm not sure how old it was. It was in Brooklyn, so I'm not sure. But the fact that it was so, the problems with it were so bad and so many people complained makes me think it was an older building because a new elevator, it's not going to need that many maintenance changes. And there was also a lot of other complaints about the building in terms of maintenance. So my guess is it was like an older property probably. So how can you tell, barring all the random events we were just talking about, how can you tell if an elevator is iffy and might be more dangerous than other ones? I want to preface it with, we are not mining or construction experts, so honestly, I don't have much to offer here. If you're in either of those fields, hopefully you know what to look for, or you can trust that your worksite is being properly run. That being said, for the rest of us in just like regular elevators all the time, there are some signs you can look for that could indicate that an elevator is in need of servicing which could put you at increased risk if the elevator is not being properly managed. And I found that if you see horizontal scratches on the doors, that means that the doors probably are not aligned properly. So basically when they open and close, they're scraping on it. So that needs to be fixed and they could become like locked in position and you could become trapped in an elevator. You can also look at the difference when you're on like the regular floor and you're going to step onto the elevator. Look at the difference in height between the floor and the elevator itself. To code, at least in a few places I was looking, they're not supposed to be more than half an inch different. So that's another sign of like maintenance and people not paying attention if it starts to be like a bigger gap than that. You shouldn't have to step up or down into an elevator. You also might notice that the doors of the elevator are starting to close too slowly or if the elevator itself is slowing down or it feels jerky. It could also start making some weird kind of like mechanical noises. And one side note here, I actually experienced something like this a few months back. So the elevator was taking way, I actually tried like several elevators. It was like the whole system was like an electrical thing. I tried several, no elevators were coming. Finally, I clicked one and I started to hear it come. And there was these weird clunking and clanging noises. And I heard it 
coming slowly to my floor. And before, these were normal fucking elevators. Like you click the button, it shows up, you're done, right? I heard it approaching slowly. Because I could hear it, I knew it had gotten to my floor and then it just sat there. And the doors didn't open. And then finally, with me fucking staring at it, like, what is happening? The doors eventually opened. And I just looked into this empty elevator car and I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. Like, I'm not high enough up that I can't walk down these stairs. I don't want to spend the rest of my evening here trapped in the elevator. And so I, everyone I saw as I walked out, I warned them that the elevator was maybe cursed and they should not take it today. And I took the stairs because I didn't want to get fucking trapped in it. So I'm going to walk through a few different scenarios that could happen to you on a regular ass elevator. And I'll talk about what your options are. And they are varied. So the first one is if the elevator has stalled, as in you're in an elevator and it's just suddenly stopped moving. The first thing you're supposed to do is just stay calm and know that you will be rescued. You're not going to fucking die in this elevator. So don't panic or anything. Apparently, a lot of people will try to claw the doors open and you are not supposed to do that. So what you can do is push the little alarm button. It's going to have like a bell or a phone or something on it. Talk to those people on the other side. They will let you know what to do. If you have cell reception, try to call 911 or whatever your emergency services number is. In addition to pushing the button that is recommended even by the elevator companies just to let more people know what the situation is. They also say that you should move toward the back of the car and then just face forward again like normal. And the reason for this is it's going to keep you out of the way when rescuers try to pry the doors open. I don't know if they have ever have to like cut through them or something, but apparently you just want to give them space to kind of do their work. So just go back to the back of it. Don't like crowd by the door and try to claw your way out because it won't work. So I had a few questions that I wanted to answer for myself based on kind of like what I've seen in movies. And one of those questions was, should you, if your elevator is stalled, try to climb out if you're between floors? So this is kind of what happens when they're rescuing people in the beginning of speed. You know, and like and the woman gets scared. She doesn't want to get out. So basically like the elevator is jammed because Dennis Hopper is playing a terrorist. It's like a whole thing. It's a great fucking movie. Go watch Speed. You see something similar in Die Hard with Bruce Willis. He'll like jam up the elevator door and crawl onto a different floor. It's the same kind of idea. But I found a real life case from 2009 in Brooklyn where a guy got trapped in an elevator. Firefighters come. They pry the doors open to rescue him. And he tries to jump out of the elevator but his hoodie gets caught on something and he actually ends up falling back into the elevator shaft to his death. So I guess my takeaway here is if you are wearing something like a hoodie that could get snagged when you're exiting the elevator in like a shitty fucked up elevator situation, take it off if you have time. What the fuck is going on with these elevator deaths, dude? Like that guy literally made his escape and he was pulled back into the jaws of death. That was insane. Yeah, it was awful. And I think the, one of the really sad parts was he was a musician and he was actually performing at a charity event. I think it was like for kids. It was like, it was one of those things where he did nothing wrong. Shit just went wrong and he fucking died. My second question was, can you actually climb out through the ceiling? You, I feel like you see this in movies all the fucking time where you're stuck in the elevator, someone like pops a tile and you're out. The answer is no, you can't. The escape hatches at the top are likely locked from the outside. So you can be rescued, but you can't bust out yourself. And even if you did somehow manage to get out, there's a bunch of electrical cables and shit. So you're either going to get electrocuted or you're going to fall to your death. So just fucking wait to be rescued in those circumstances. All right, scenario two. If there's smoke in the elevator and you're trapped in it, 
Hopefully the elevator will automatically enter something called fire mode, which we talked about in our structure fires episode. So hopefully it'll be taken down to the ground floor automatically. If for whatever reason it's malfunctioning that's not working though, you're kind of fucking stuck because like I said, you can't pry the doors open and you can't go out the top. So get as low as you can. If you have a mask on, breathe through that. Otherwise get like a wet cloth if you can and try to breathe through that and call for help and basically just hunker down and wait. It's the best you can do. Now, last and final scenario, and this is the one everyone always thinks of, like I said earlier, if you are in an elevator that is actively falling, the best thing you are supposed to do is lay flat on your back on the floor of the elevator, because this is going to help align your spine, and the force that's going to hit your spine when you hit the bottom is going to be perpendicular to it, so that you're not being crushed, like, vertically down, it's just, like, hitting you perpendicularly. So obviously, if it's far enough of a fall or the elevator car itself gets crushed on impact, you're still going to be soup. That's an unsurvivable thing. But if this is at all survivable, laying down flat on your back is going to give you the best chance of surviving and not having like a catastrophic back or neck injury that you won't recover from. So do you sprawl out like a starfish or do you like put your hands under your head to make sure that it doesn't like literally hit the back of your head on impact i don't know i actually didn't see that level of specificity but i don't think that could hurt right i'd rather my hands be smashed than my skull i can't hurt i would probably do that i don't i don't think anyone's actually suggested that online to that level but i would do that i was thinking kind of like how you said for the guy with the hoodie who got caught what if you just stripped ahead of time let's say you're falling like 90 stories right so you're like oh shit i'm gonna die in however many seconds you will have the presence of mind to take your clothes off and then put that behind your head, right? Okay, obviously, <laughs> obviously that's not possible, but let's suspend disbelief and pretend it is because you always, there's always CCTV footage of these <laughs> elevator accidents. I don't think you'd have time to get your clothes off, but people would be so confused why as the elevator's plummeting, you're stripping naked because <laughs> they wouldn't get to see the final product. They would not understand that you were trying to build a pillow for your head to cushion on impact. They would just think you'd lost your mind. There would be insane theories about it on the internet for fucking decades, dude. For the record, we're not recommending stripping if you think the elevator is falling. You're better off just laying down and maybe putting your hands behind your head. Going back to what you said about not being able to open up the ceiling of an elevator, if you're fully encased, like the doors are closed, there's no like holes anywhere. Could you suffocate? Could you run out of air? No, I don't think it's airtight. No, it can't be airtight because that couple in Israel drowned, right? Which means that if water can get in, air can get in, right? Those doors aren't making a perfect seal. It's just that you can't get out of them because you're not the size of air molecules. Well, just because it's not perfectly air or watertight doesn't mean you can't run out of air, right? Like the rate at which fresh air could be coming in could be so slow that you would still suffocate anyways. I don't think that you would before you're rescued. I There have been cases of people who've been trapped in elevators for like 12 hours or like a full day or 48 hours, like, and they haven't died from lack of oxygen. I think you'd be more concerned about like dehydration at that point. Well, what if there's more than like a group of people though? Because that's an extra set of lungs to actually have to worry about. Yeah, that's fair. But I think that it is that's like saying, like, what if we're all sitting in a room together? Are we going to die of, like, lack of oxygen? And I just don't think that 
elevators are as airtight as you're picturing. Like, because you and I could sit in this room with, like, I don't know, like 10 other people and we'd never run out of oxygen because there's tons of gaps in the windows and shit. I feel like at this point we always talk about in media and that kind of stuff, but I talked about a lot of movies already, kind of as we were going through it, but just to go over it again, those were Final Destination number two, Speed, and Die Hard. I don't love the Final Destination movies. I like them for Camp Factor, but Speed and Die Hard are two of my absolute favorite movies, so although they do things in elevators that you should not do, they're great and you should watch them anyway. And that brings us to the last discussion points. There are two things I wanted to bring up. One, we've mostly been talking about commercial elevators, like, you know, where you work or construction or mines, all that kind of stuff. There's a whole separate category of elevators where they're home elevator systems, and these are a very different and actually a lot less safe because kids and pets and stuff like that can actually become trapped behind the door to the elevator. So if you imagine a regular house door and then there's a gap and then there's the elevator doors, they can become trapped in that area. And when the elevator ascends, they can be crushed between that entrance ledge and the top of the door frame. So they're very, very dangerous if they're in there unsupervised. And if they're really little, they can actually fall into the gap under the elevator And then when the elevator comes back down, they'll be crushed underneath. So there are actually things that can be done to make it a lot safer. And they, in a lot of cases, just haven't been done. Some of it's like something as simple as like a foam blocker. So that can't happen. So if you have one of these home elevator systems, or you're going to be around one, like sometimes they're in beach houses and stuff like that, check and see if it's actually up to like all the code and all that stuff, because these are like minuscule amounts of money needed to make these things safer than they are. And if you have kids or pets, really, really supervise them around these things. And last point I wanted to bring up, if you're walking in an elevator with your pets, be sure to pull that leash close and make sure they're with you when the doors close. I've seen these horrible videos online, I'm sure you guys have too, where the owner walks into the elevator and the doors close and the dog is still outside. And in some cases, there's other people there who can help unclip the dog, especially if they're in a harness. But in some cases, the dog dies. So be super, super careful if you've got a leash and a pet that it's right with you and they walk into the elevator with you at the same time. I feel like after looking through this body of research, there's no good reason for someone like you or me to prefer elevators over an equivalent staircase unless we're pressed for time. I mean, if it's like you're in New York and you're going, because we're not from New York, but imagine in New York, your hotel's on like, the 54th floor of your hotel room, I'm not going to walk up 54 floors to avoid the one in a kajillion chance that the elevator doors are going to smash closed, my head gets stuck, and I die. But if you're like in an office building, I feel like if it's under 10 floors, you should be able to go on a staircase and do that instead of waiting for the elevator. Yeah, and it'll be good for you. And of course, obviously, if you can't walk up the stairs for whatever reason, then you have to take the elevator. So. Elevators in general are safe. You're probably almost certainly not going to even get stuck in one ever, but freak shit does happen. I feel like some people are going to listen to this and be like, 10 floors? What the fuck? But it's not that bad. Well, or they'll be like, those people are so out of shape, I walk up 30 floors. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. And that's all we've got on elevator accidents. Don't forget that we have a website in thelabyrinthofdeath.com. If you guys want some free stickers, you can go to inthelabyrinthofdeath.com slash stickers. You can also reach us on Instagram at inthelabyrinthofdeath, 
So please follow us, and wherever you're listening, leave us a review if you get a chance. We'd really appreciate it. Tune in next week for yet another new episode of In the Labyrinth of Death. In the meantime, send us your near misses with death to inthelabyrinthofdeath at gmail.com. We'll see you all next week. This podcast is researched and presented by enthusiasts, not experts, and is for entertainment purposes only. None of the content you have heard is meant to be taken as legal, medical, financial, survival, or any other kind of advice. Please consult with actual professionals.